Look, look, Ernie, I, I don't want to talk about the Knicks today. I really, I want to talk about a, a podcast that I have that a friend of mine, his name is Josh Petrie. He coming, he come, he, he, that boy been planning a podcast for two damn years. I mean, he's going to go to great lengths to bring you exclusive material and amazing guests. He even set his wife and kids to Target so he could record it. I mean, that's crazy. So from a top-secret location in Charleston, West Virginia, enjoy the not-so-terrible Sports Nerds Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sports Nerds Podcast, episode four. It's hard to believe we're already four episodes deep on this thing. Like I said, I planned this thing forever, and it's crazy that we're already four episodes in. On this one, we're coming in hot. we got Freddie Coleman from the Freddie and Fitz Show on ESPN Radio, and you've also uh, you've seen him on First Take before. He'll be coming up a little bit later in the, in the podcast. I want to talk some NBA, the Cavs struggles, try to break down, try to figure out what's going on with those guys. And I want to talk a little NFL, you know, the week that was, week eight, and try to get you set up for week nine, among a couple other things. But uh, sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy episode four of Sports Runners Podcast. Let's jump right in. All right, week eight in the NFL. I need I need a segue to get me from NBA to NFL. But uh, anyways, i like to bring you uh, – anybody can go back and find scores on an app or any kind of outlet, find, you know, ball scores and things like that. But I'm a member at NFL Communications, so I get some emails and things like that of some things that happened during the week and some things you you can look forward to for the following week. Uh, I like to bring you guys those little tidbits and some things that may get swept under the rug. Uh, one of them being Deshaun Watson was the first player in NFL history with 400 passing yards, four touchdowns, and 50 rushing yards. Uh, he passed Kurt Warner for the most TD passes in his first seven career games with uh, 19, Kurt Warner having 18. As you know, Deshaun Watson went out of practice yesterday with a torn ACL, and that's you see this so much nowadays with lower leg injuries in the NFL, and that injury bug has now bit, you know, has now bit uh, the best rookie QB in the NFL right now. This guy was on an absolute tear. I think he was going to take the Texans to the playoffs and maybe make it a couple rounds. But like I said, you hate to see things like this happen, especially to him with the tear that he was on and uh, with what he was able to do on the field. But it's looking like he'll be back halfway during next season. You would like to see him get in and be placed as a starter again and pick up right where he left off. So that remains to be seen whether he'll be able to do that or not. Do I think he'll be able to do that? You know, I'm not sure. It may take another half season or a full season to get back in the swing of things. You know, a lot of things can be mental and physical when it comes when you're coming back from an ACL injury, especially, you know, young in your career like that. You're wanting the NFL longevity. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, another thing, Frank Gore became the ninth player in NFL history to record 17,000 yards from scrimmage. Once you hear the company he's with, you'll know exactly where Frank Gore's headed. Some of those guys, Curtis Martin, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Marshall Falk, Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, Marcus Allen, LaDainian Thomason. You know, if you know anything about sports, those guys have one thing in common. They're in the Hall of Fame, so that tells you exactly where Frank Gore's headed, and deservingly so. Um, Josh McCown. Another thing that stood out to me, you know, he has the Jets sitting at 4-5 and five right now. A lot of people didn't expect the Jets to win a game. This guy's completion percentage, I think, is hovering around 71%, 72% for his career. 
Um, he's had two touchdown passes in his last five games and is on pace to have the, the best season he's ever had. People know his story. He's been with eight different teams. He's an NFL journeyman. He's 38 years old. But if you've seen last night, the guy's still agile. He's athletic. He can still run the ball, and he can still get the job done with pretty much nothing. So, you know, all he needs is a little bit of time and some wide receivers, and he could be a good QB for for a good team. But uh, we'll see if he plays again next season. We'll see if he's even in New York. But, you know, everyone, everyone that listened to the first couple podcasts, you know, I have a, this vendetta with the Cleveland Browns, and they're probably sitting back right now wishing that they would have maybe kept him in as a starter, kept him on the team, or at least brought, you know, kept him there to be a veteran mentor to guys like Kaiser and Kessler and all those guys. But that's a discussion for another day. Um, Alex Smith, can we please put him in the elite discussion? All this guy does is win football games, week in and week out, every year. It, that's all he does is win. There, he, you know, he's had a couple of years where he didn't really have anything at all. He's got some weapons this year, and you're seeing what he can do when he does have weapons. Just imagine if he had better weapons. Maybe you would then put him in the elite with the Rodgers and the Bradys and things like that, but you know, I don't know what it's going to take, but it's time we get him in there. Everybody knows his story, being in San Francisco, being benched for Colin Kaepernick when his record was 6-2-1. and one. Colin Kaepernick, yeah, he did some good things. He got him to the Super Bowl, but you just wonder if they would have kept uh, Alex Smith. You wonder where that franchise would be now. You know, you're looking at them now. They don't have any wins. They're just – that team is absolutely in shambles right now. Right now, They may not win a game. They may win one or two. But, like I said, you sit back and you just wonder – the player personnel they would have on the field and things like that if Alex Smith was still in San Francisco. But, you know, this guy's thrown for single-digit picks in every year since 2010. You know, that speaks elite. This year, 16 touchdowns, no picks, 70% completion percentage. Again, elite. So can we please put him in that discussion? So, you know, that's some things that I took away from week eight. Like I said, anybody can go back and find scores and things like that, but I like to bring you some little tidbits and insider information that may be swept under the rug. Um, getting you ready for week nine. November has arrived. The NFL season enters its second half. At the midpoint, there are nine teams with 700 or better winning percentage, uh, led by the 7-1 Philadelphia Eagles. Since 1990, the current 12-team playoff format was adopted nearly 97%. Of the previous teams to start seven one or better advance to the postseason, and also through the first eight weeks, sixteen teams have a winning record. Um, also, the first half of the season, you know, has seen a lot of comebacks and close finishes, but the excitement only intensifies as the playoff push begins, and there's still plenty of football to be played. So don't count out any teams yet, besides the Browns. Um, you know, that's okay. That's my vendetta with them. Whatever. But anyways, there, there's a lot of good games in Week 9 in the NFL. Um, so I hope you stay tuned for that. A lot of divisional games and things like that coming up. Obviously, the Falcons and the Panthers. Me being a Falcons fan, I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, Week 9 in the NFL, it'll prove to, uh, like I said last week, a lot of teams are starting to find their identity, and the playoff push begins. So uh, get set up for Week 9. Okay, my guest Freddie Coleman will be calling in shortly, but I wanted to get to the NBA first. Uh, can you talk? You know, can you talk about the NBA without mentioning the Cavs' struggles? I don't think you can. You know, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be Giannis. The Warriors are going to be the Warriors, but the Cavs are struggling mightily. I don't think it's, you know, I had the privilege of being on a podcast the other night called Wide Men Can't Jump. They asked me to call in and talk about the Cavs. I don't I don't necessarily cover the Cavs, but I'm a lifelong fan, so I follow them pretty closely. Do I think their troubles right now is cause for concern? Not really at this point, but it's getting there. 
um, you know, there there is something there. They had a players only meeting recently, and that could be good going forward, or it could be bad. Um, I've said since since day one, it doesn't always work bringing in all these conflicting personalities. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of talent there, but will they mesh? Will they develop that chemistry? You knew when the Cavs brought in Dwayne Wade, you knew that he would be inserted into the starting lineup due to him and LeBron having that chemistry, and you know they meshed in Miami. D Rose hasn't played with these guys outside of an exhibition or an all-star weekend. You can have all those you want, but you have to have that chemistry on the court in an NBA season, regular season game. Uh, Kevin Love absolutely dominated in Minnesota at 26-12, and 12, lost 40 or 50 pounds, came to Cleveland, and was expected to stay out on the perimeter. Now he's being thrown into the five due to our lack of size. Tristan Thompson is only 6'8". Kevin Love is one of the biggest that we have at 6'10", and he's just – he doesn't have that body anymore to be banged around in the five. So you want to see him bring in a big guy. I think they'll eventually bring in DeMarcus Cousins. I made the comment on the podcast that if we were to play a team like the Pelicans right now, yeah, with all of our talent alone, if we were to play the Pelicans in the NBA Finals, we would probably lose due to their two big guys. You know, whether one big guy, two big guys, it does not matter. There is nothing we can do to contain a team with size like that because we just don't have it. So – you want to see somebody somebody like a Cousins brought into Cleveland so they can dominate and thrive. Anthony Davis has been able to keep DeMarcus Cousins on the right track, and a lot of people might refer to DeMarcus Cousins as a scatterbrain, me included. But, you know, like him or not, LeBron James has done things the right way in his career. He's been professional. He's never been in trouble, and I think he would keep DeMarcus Cousins on the right track. And I think that's just what Cleveland needs to make a run. But – as far as, you know, our problem is the, the lack of defense and the the lack of consistency and tinkering with the lineup. You've got to find a starting five, and you've got to stick with them because you want them to develop that chemistry. You've got a lot of talent there, but a whole lot of conflicting personalities, and they haven't been able to find that yet. They've absolutely been getting dominated. I think we've, we've found our starting five here the past couple of nights, but we've absolutely gotten destroyed, so... There's something there. Do I think it's a cause for concern yet? Not necessarily. I think we'll get it together. But, you know, Isaiah Thomas coming back in January will be inserted into the starting lineup. You start from scratch with him developing chemistry and try to gel with this team. So who knows how that's going to play out. But there is some moves that need to be made. I don't think – I think you'll see the team look a whole lot different come next season. You know, whether that – it all depends on LeBron. If LeBron's there – LeBron can bring in anyone he wants. But if LeBron leaves, you know, who knows where Cleveland will be. But uh, LeBron James doesn't owe Cleveland anything. Uh, You know, he's fulfilled his promise. He's got that uh, city, uh, an NBA Finals championship. I'm happy with it. LeBron James wants to be a Laker. He can be a Laker. I'm fine with it. I hold, you know, I wouldn't hold a grudge against him at all. He can do what he wants to do. But for the sake of the franchise and for years to come, I hope he stays. But – you just you want to see what they're able to do going forward, and but we have got to get some size, you know, down in the paint. Kevin Love continues to get bullied night in and night out, uh, so you, you want to see him eventually step up, throw an elbow, show some attitude, do something. But I just don't think he has it in him to do that. But uh, you know, like I said, not a whole lot of whole lot going on in the NBA right now outside of you know what was to be expected. But the Cavs are struggling mightily. And uh, you want to see if they're able to get it together. Okay, joining me this week, uh, my guest from the Freddie and Fitz Show weekdays from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. on ESPN Radio, Freddie Coleman. How you doing, Freddie? I'm good, boss, man. Always good to talk to you. How are you? Good. I appreciate you coming on, man. I appreciate it so much. 
Sure, sure, absolutely. Glad to do it, my friend. Uh, I just wanted to know, did uh, you know? I think it's safe to say you're one of the longest tenured ESPN employees. You came in in 2004. Um, did anyone take you under their wing when you came to ESPN, such as you know some of the polarizing figures, as in Chris Berman, Linda Cohn, uh, Scott Stewart, Scott, Chris Mortensen? So many people took me under their wing. You, the, the names you mentioned, definitely. Also, when Dan Patrick was there, he definitely did that. Chuck Wilson, John Seibel, Sean Salisbury, guys like that. Even people behind the scenes along the lines of Amina Hussein, who is now in charge of NBA Countdown, which she does a great job with that show. I was blessed that when I got to ESPN Radio back in 2014 to not only work among a great collection of people, but also getting to know the people behind that. They're always ready and willing to give out advice and give me the truth whether I wanted to hear it or not. So just being around them has been some, some, somewhat essential and very invaluable to why I'm still here 13-plus years later. Right, and, you know, guys like me just starting out, I've had a website for a long time. I just started the whole podcast thing. But, you know, me, I look up to guys like you in order to, to do what I need to do. Well, you know, that, that means I've been around for a long time. That means you look yeah, absolutely, guys right. like me. That means I've been around for a minute, which is fine by me because I know exactly what kind of blessing that is. Because in our business, if you're around for 13 minutes, that can be a long time, much less being around four years, five years, however long you have a chance to do that. So believe me, when I hear words like that, that really is always going to mean a lot to me because I know exactly how tough it is to not just get your foot in the door but stay inside the building once you get past the door. Right. Okay, so, so you, get, uh, you get the application from Mansfield University, and you decide you, you want to give it a shot, saying, you know, it felt warm and inviting, um, so you did give it a shot. But your first day what, what kind of took the wind out of your sails a little bit. Tell me what happened with that. Well, it's funny because when you're a kid growing up in New York, you always believe that buses are always going to be around, and that was a complete neon moment when I realized that I was no longer in New York. I was definitely more in Kansas totally right, right. than anywhere else. So the first time I take the bus from Port, Port Authority to go to Williamsport to make the connection to Mansfield, I'm thinking, okay, it left Port Authority a little late. I should be fine. And I get to the bus station in Williamsport, and I say, when does the next bus from Mansfield leave? And she pointed over my left shoulder and said, there it is right there. And I see the bus pulling out of the parking lot and leaving to get on the road, and I knew Mansfield was about an hour away. So I'm thinking, okay, buses run every so often. Probably is going to be another one in about another hour, maybe half an hour. And she and I asked her, I said, okay, when's the next bus leave? I want to buy my ticket. And she said, that bus leaves at 2.30. And I said, well, it's 2.50. And she said, yeah, I mean 2.30 a.m., meaning not 2.30 p.m., but right. 2.45 p.m. And I'm thinking, okay, what in the heck is going on here? And I wound up hanging around the town of Williamsport. You know, I went to get something to eat, went and saw a movie called On Golden Pond, one of the youngest one in there by at least 40 or 50 years. At least that was my estimation because that was an old, old folks movie. And then I finally get a chance to get up to Mansfield and take the bus up there. I'm thinking, okay, the minute daylight hits, I'm going back into this town. I'm taking the bus back home. This place is never going to see me again. But I met so many terrific people that were able to steer me in the right direction and know where to go and what to do when it came to orientation that by the middle of that afternoon, I knew that if I decided to get back on the bus and go home and not give that place a chance, I was going to be making a mistake. Right, and obviously, you know, it was a blessing that you stayed there. And it seems like everything came full circle, uh, you know, from graduating as a class of 87 and now inducted into the school's Hall of Fame uh, and also all PSAC honors in 1986. and. 
only the second player ever to do so, and he was a top 40 wide receiver nationally in football. Um, what uh, what do you take away from all that? It speaks volumes, you know, of your perseverance and the kind of person you are. What do you take away from all that? The one thing I'm always going to take away from anything I've experienced before, during, and after Mansfield University, but specifically during and after, is that the people make things work or people don't make things work. And so many great people that I'm still friends and brothers and sisters to this day that I were able to forge those relationships being up at Mansfield University. And, yeah, we're not the biggest school. We're a small school in Tiger County. We haven't had any more than 25 to 2,700 students at a time on the campus. But when you're around there, it does feel like family. Even if you meet people that graduated before you or people that graduated after you, it's not just something that we say to put out there to get people to know about us. It's who we are and that we are a Mansfield family. We are going to have our problems because family members do, but we always work through those things because we always come together and try to work things out as a family. So that's the one thing that I was able to have accent to what I felt in terms of my family and how I grew up. It was the same kind of family atmosphere and family dynamic at Mansfield, just involving so many different people from so many different areas being on a small campus trying to make things work to the best of their abilities. Right. You, you've interviewed some uh, some great people over your time, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Camilo Anthony, Venus Williams, Bernie Mack, and all these guys. Who was the who was the most fun to interview out of all the, the people you've spoken with? Well, there, there are too many to mention, to be honest with you. I know it sounds like a cop-out, but I have as much fun interviewing people that may not be as known as the ones that are known. Although when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar mentioned me by name and said he, it was a pleasure to meet me, Absolutely. that was definitely a knee-buckling moment from that standpoint. But I had the same knee-buckling moment when I met Ice Cube, one of my heroes from MWA, a hip-hop pioneering group. I had the same feeling that I had a chance to talk to Marv Levy, only man to lead a team of four straight Super Bowls, and he did that with the Buffalo Bills. So there have been so many people that I've had a chance to Help them, help them sell their story or tell their story. That for me to just center on one person and say, okay, that's the one that was above anybody else, it's really hard to do because when you have that ESPN banner behind you and you get a chance to have a conversation with a Venus Williams or a Cheryl Swoops or, or people that are no longer with us, Stuart Scott, who I still miss to this day, John Saunders, who I still miss to this day, Beano Cook, who always, always left me and Mel Kuyper Jr. laughing when we had him on our Saturday shows when we did college football final. So there have been so many people that I never thought in a million years I'd even have a chance to sit down and say hi to. To have a chance to be a part of that interview and hanging out with them, there's no way I could actually pick one above anybody else. Right. Where do you get all your, uh, your sweet T-shirts that you wear? You know, I see them on Facebook <laughs> or on Twitter, man. I love all the T-shirts that you wear. It's when I get them from different sources because there are plenty of times I'll find them in Target or Old Navy of all places, and they cost seven dollars and ninety nine cents or no more than ten dollars. And I'll say, boy, that's a pretty cool shirt. And I've had other people have been able to real see that and see what I put on Facebook and on Twitter and say, hey, Freddie, I got this band. I, I think you would love their shirt. I mean, I, I put on a shirt early this year from a band called Sky Daddy, which is a funk soul group. And somebody knew who they were when I went to see an Orioles Yankees game in September on Labor Day weekend. And they were asking, how did I get that shirt? So I'm always blessed that I have a chance to find stuff like that and people gravitate towards. But there have been plenty of times I've gotten T-shirts from people that love what we do, that love the show, that love the music that, that, I, that we are able to provide for our show. And they say, I got this band. I think you'll love this shirt. Can you play their music? And they wind up having 
having that gifted towards me. So there are plenty of times where it's nothing that's by design. A lot of it's just by circumstance that I'll see a shirt or somebody will think that I could wear a shirt and make it work well for them. And that's how that winds up happening. Right. I guess I need to start paying more attention in Target. You know, I'm usually the guy that lets my wife go and I go to Starbucks because she is absolutely <laughs> obsessed with Target. But maybe I need to keep an eye out for those, too. Um, uh, as, you know, as far as in today's sports, how you have the percentages, it seems like it just started a few years ago. Like during the game, this team has this percentage to win. Are, are you a fan of those now? I, I think numbers play a part. Let's put it that way. I don't think you can have any kind of sport, no matter what generation you are, how you feel. And numbers aren't going to play a part. But I'm also a big believer that they should not be the central or the main part of any story. They should be part of the story, but they should not be the dominating factor when it comes to anything. And I know we're in the age of fantasy football and sabermetrics and all those kind of things. But you still have to have talent, no matter what that is, whether you're covering sports whether you're a play-by-play announcer, whether you're a color analyst, or you're actually a coach or a player. So I'm a big believer that numbers can add to something, but they should not be the main part. or You should not have to be led that the reason this happened was because of this number or that number or those numbers. You still have to have an ability in our business. You have to have an ability if you're covering people in our business where numbers are a part of the story, not just the story or the narrative. Right, because you, you'll be checking the ESPN app and, you know, two minutes to go in an NBA game or something. Well, this if this team's up by 15, it says this team has a 100% chance to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It kind of gets mm-hmm. ridiculous sometimes that, that we rely on that. But like you said, that is today's world of sports. Uh, and so many times, and I get it, they want, they want numbers to kind of bring that sense of urgency. I understand what people are trying to do no matter what network it is. But I think sometimes you can really bombard people with too many numbers to the point that it just becomes noise or it doesn't make any sense. And then you have to worry about being called out, even if you bring another number to the table that may be applicable. But then people say, you're giving me too, much, too many numbers as it is. I'm not going to give that number the credence that it deserves. Right. Freddie, I appreciate you coming on so much. You know, we spoke a while back, and like I said, I know you work for the, the worldwide leader in sports at ESPN, but... Being on the Sports Nerds podcast, I'm sure that'll absolutely jumpstart your career. You know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. Hey, any jumpstart for my career, I'm, I'm completely on board with it. I don't care how long I'm in a place. Anything that can help me out or I can help out people, I'm always on board with that. Right. I love listening to you. If, if you see Tony Kornheiser roaming the halls, uh, we spoke a while back. He's going to come on at some point. I've got, a, I've got a great story to tell him about back in the day about him and his producers. If you see him, tell him to, tell him to hit me up and he can come on the podcast. But I appreciate it so much. Like I said, you're – you're an inspiration to me for what I try to do, and I really enjoy I really enjoy your show. My pleasure, my friend. Let's do it again soon, and we'll talk some more sports as well, okay? Thank you so much, man. And that'll do it for Episode 4 of Sports Nurse Podcast. Thank you to my guest, Freddie Coleman, from the Freddie and Fitz Show that airs weeknights from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. on ESPN Radio. And, uh, you know, I hope to see you guys next week for Episode 5 of Sports Nurse Podcast. Going to continue to stay busy for you. Um, I'll be in Morgantown this weekend covering the W-Iowa State game. And next weekend, I'll either be in Pitt covering Pitt basketball, which I'm sure some of the WU faithful will be happy about that, but credentials are credentials. Or I'll be in New Orleans that weekend covering Pelicans basketball. And, of course, at WU covering their basketball games as much as I can this season. So still that guy that will travel anywhere to cover an event, trying to stay busy for you guys. Uh, So follow on Twitter, like on Facebook, uh, subscribe on YouTube. The podcast is also up on SoundCloud. Not up on sportsnerds.com yet, but will be in the near future. And, uh, you know, we're going to try to get that on iTunes and Stitcher, too, coming up. So uh, 
I appreciate the overwhelming support and messages. Thank you guys so much. Tune in to episode five next week. I'll announce a guest in the coming days. And again, thank you so much. I'll see you next week. Thank you.